Welcome to the Build Up on Balls.ie in association with Labrooks. Please bet responsibly. Visit dunlui.net for further information. Delighted to have Stephen Ferris on the line now. Stephen, how's it going? Not too bad, thanks Mark. Yeah, um, slightly disappointed after the weekend for sure, but yeah, I think there's going to be a lot more teams disappointed when they play Leinster over the the coming months and years, they just seem like they're they're a team that just know how to get it done. So, yeah, um, probably I feel similar to the lads as well. It's almost felt like the last two weeks has taken a lot out of everyone who supports Ulster specifically because, you know, the highs of winning against Edinburgh, then the low of the final, and now having to get yourself back up again for a European Cup quarter final. So it's uh, in the context of everything over the last, what, year and a half, with the season, it feels like everything has hinged on the last three weeks. And it, and it does, of course, but it just seems to be coming so thick and fast. Yeah, the Ulster performance, it was hard to gauge. It was almost like Leinster were like a parent just letting their child run about the place. Anytime they were in any uh, trouble doing, doing something dangerous, they'd be like, oh, like, hold on a minute now. <laughs> just because Ulster plenty of possession. But the minute they got near the try line, they either through their own errors or through enforced errors or penalties or whatever it was, Leinster were just able to keep them at arm's distance. Yeah, they certainly were. I think maybe that early score for Ulster wasn't a particularly good thing. Um, They tried to play a bit more rugby than they probably should have. I feel that certainly Saracens will kick the ball a hell of a lot more uh, this weekend when they play them in the quarterfinal. And I know everybody, Mark, was given Munster dog's abuse about box kicking, kicking the leather off it. Um, but maybe that's the way to beat them. You know, Maybe that is the way. If JJ Hunran had a, knocked over those two penalties, 10-9 get into the last 10 minutes, you just never know a bounce of the ball or a, a silly individual error um, it might cost you the game. And I certainly feel that Saracens will kick the leather off it um, compared to the way Ulster did. And Ulster just tried to play for me, a, a little bit too much rugby. And at times, the Leinster defence just suffocated them, made them make mistakes, got turnovers. And then when they got an opportunity to strike, they'd done that. And I think even after the 45th minute, it was actually pretty boring. There wasn't that many um, talking points after the match. And even working for Premier Sports at the weekend there, we were, and it wasn't just me or Big Jim Hamilton or Darren Cave or Birch who was on. We were kind of repeating ourselves, you know, a little bit and you know we've been repeating ourselves about Leinster for the last three or four weeks and just the way that they're playing um, and it, they're just such a difficult team to beat so uh, yeah I certainly feel that this weekend is going to be a, a much bigger test for, for Leinster uh, against the Saris What about just on, on staying with Ulster for a second though I mean we talked a few weeks ago after the, the I suppose dead rubber Leinster game saying that like you know they really have to get themselves up now for when it matters against Edinburgh and you know in fairness to them they did do that and they got the result they needed and maybe Leinster are just that kind of like level above at the moment and there's 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 issues with the performance but ultimately maybe they weren't going to win that if both teams were at their best anyway whereas now you get into a quarter final again and it's it's the short turnaround time it's the the change of focus it's like this is a get out of jail. This is a way of changing the focus and the the momentum of the season and the story of the season really but it's against another world-class team and away from home. I just wonder what the mentality will be like 
for the coach and for the players this week? How do you do you see it as a shot to nothing? Let's leave it all out in the field, or is the pressure on? I think, Mickey, what some of the players might do, the coaching staff certainly will, is that they will review the Leinster game, go through the Leinster game. You know, they'll have their video review on the Monday or Tuesday morning. It's usually, you know, straight after when the lads are back in. They'll dissect it. This is what we've done right. This is what we've done wrong. I think sometimes it's good to just draw a line under something and not revisit it. Um, I would be... I would be looking back to previous games in Europe, um, the style of play that they can, they, they're more than capable of playing against the bigger teams, the likes of Racing, Claremont over the last number of years, mm. um, and away from home as well, and take more out of those games than last week, because last week, Ulster, their big ball carriers, Marcel Coutier was was more or less chopped at the ankles every time by Josh van der Fleer, couldn't get into the game, McCluskey had a, a super game, and anybody I was chatting to before the match was like, oh, Ulster need to play like they did in the last 20 minutes against Edinburgh and throw the ball around and get their forwards, you know, linking up and pop passing. And I was like, well, I'm not sure. If, if you do that against Leinster early on and you make a couple of mistakes, you know, they generally capitalise on them. For me personally, it's about making it as cagey for as long as possible. And something might go your way or you might come up with a brilliant play like Ulster did in the first uh, five or six minutes of the match to get James Hume over the try line. But it's a new week. And I think the players specifically can't dwell on last week. You know, they can't be getting into the video analysis and get into all their individual stats and look at how many tackles they made and how many tackles they missed. And like dwelling on it, it was a final. Leinster, we know, are by far the best team in the Pro 14. So Ulster... Just park it, move on, emotionally get yourself right, physically get yourself right, which is the most important thing. I'm sure the, the bodies are hurting over the last mm. few weeks. And bring uh, an intensity to the game like they did against Leinster. And, you know, you might find yourself 14 points up and then it, it, it's, it's, a, it's a different game plan thereafter in the match. Um, but, yeah, it's, that's easier said than done against a Toulouse team that are um, you know, star studding with the, the the amount of players that they have. A couple of guys back from bands. You know, one match bands like just because they can get themselves fit, uh, ready to go for a European Cup quarterfinal. So, again, I know I've said this, Mick, a few times over the last number of weeks. The odds are certainly stacked against Ulster, but uh, I give them a chance as always. Lineup wise, do you see any changes again? I know there's there's uh, worries that could see it might be. Uh, an injury doubt and then obviously last week there was the surprise of Matheson coming in ahead of John Cooney could you see that maybe switching around again um, I, I could yes but I don't think it, I don't think it will I, I think um, Dan McFarland uh, made a decision there last week one that if I was John Cooney I would have been absolutely furious like um, you know that was Matheson's first start for Ulster, and it was in the Pro 14 final. The amount of blood, sweat, and tears that John Cooney's given to the Ulster jersey over the last couple of years, granted, he has been slightly off the ball, and he would probably be the first person to admit that, that he hasn't been playing his best rugby. Um, and, you know, up up here and around the place, you know, the old Shepherds hook at half time against Edinburgh. Thankfully, it's never happened to me. But if it did happen to me on a big occasion in a semi-final, I bloody wouldn't be happy about it. And I'm sure John wasn't happy about it the way that happened. And 
I think the way Ulster then kicked on uh, and went after it. And, and everybody can say, look, it was a brilliant decision by Dan McFarlane because inevitably Ulster went on to win that match. So he's going to stick by his guns. But um, Dan McFarlane, he, he's made his bed now. He's going to have to sleep in it re- regarding team selection. He's keeping with the young lads. Um, and I think that's maybe the right choice up front. I was maybe I maybe thought they would have went back to McGrath um, and Marty Moore just because of the former Leinster. You know they might get themselves up more or, or whatever. But uh, I thought the young lads held their, held their own in the scrum. Um, but yeah, if he goes with the same team selection, if he goes to the same team selection as he did last week, there's only going to be one winner, and that's to lose. I, I just think that. That, that Ulster um, don't have the firepower and, and when I say firepower I mean ball carriers I mean Keelan Dorses I mean Max Deegans I mean um, you know lads that we see in, in, in the in the top 14 ripping it up week in week out and uh, yeah Ulster just don't have that you take could see out of, the, out of that forward pack they really do struggle to get any momentum any go forward um Sorry, I was going to ask about Leinster, but I just like what what's your what's your thought on this? Do you, do you ha- are you optimistic about um, Ulster's chances? On I know you're kind of saying a few th- different things could happen and team selections, but <laughs> sorry, man. No, it's gone, it's gone. <laughs> but in general, like I mean, I, do you see what what what's their odds? Would you say of of, of getting a result on Sunday? Slim to none is the okay. honest answer. Yeah. Uh, I think I think after the weekend as well. Um, you look at the way Toulouse played, a few tries. Um, Colby playing fantastic, um, you know, single-handedly turning games on their heads. And I, I think, like, Ulster, they gave it absolutely... Like, they didn't roll over against Leinster. Not not one bit at all. They didn't roll over. Not like we did in 2012 <laughs> in the European Cup final. But they... <laughs> It just felt like Leinster, and I know it's it's the same with a lot of teams that play Leinster, that Leinster, if Ulster had scored again, Leinster would have just cranked it up another level. And and is that because Leinster are really good or Ulster's tactics weren't right? And I think it was probably more that Ulster's tactics just weren't there. And if you're going to play this game of tip-on passes, you need three Marcel Coutsias in the pack. You need Ian Henderson fully fit, not just coming in after how long of a layoff. Alan O'Connor is not a fantastic ball carrier. His work rate is immense. He goes around smashing rocks, putting in tackles. But you need guys to get you over the game line. It's as simple as that. Like the rugby at the top level, if you do not have momentum and you do not have go forward, then like it doesn't matter what outside backs you have. It doesn't matter how good a kick and ten that you have. I think John Cooney as well. The lack of atmosphere. That's something that we haven't touched on over the last four four games. He's somebody that always seems to rise up when the big, huge home games against the European favourites at Kingspan, and he scores a couple of tries and gets man of the match and you know, John Cooney's flavour of the week again. That hasn't been happening. I just I feel that the, some players aren't adjusting to that very well. Mm-hmm. Um, I know there, there's potentially going to be, I think there is actually going to be 5,000 fans let in um, to the venue in France, and hopefully that spurs them on. But to go back to your original uh, question to me about what chance I give Ulster this weekend, it's 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 a very slim one. I do give them a chance, but with the firepower that Toulouse have and the firepower that Ulster don't have, 
I only see one winner and that's Toulouse. And I, I hope I'm proven wrong. I, yeah. I hope that it's a fantastic game of rugby. The weather's good. The ball's thrown around all over the place and um, Ulster's fitness maybe gets them in the long grass. But uh, I can't see that tactic being employed by, um, by, by Toulouse this weekend. Leinster, you know, we're looking at 26 in a row if they beat Saracens. And I'm looking at Ladbrook. Saracens are, I think, 4-1, to 3-1 to one to win the match. Leinster minus 9 handicap. Is there? Am I missing something here? I know Saracens are relegated and everything like that, but they still have the majority of the players. I know Owen Farrell is suspended, but they're still the last team to beat Leinster. They're still the team that have won three out of the last four Heineken Cups, and their league form is kind of irrelevant. They've been playing kids midweek in you know a, a meaningless competition, and there's still a huge chance that they turn up at the Aviva Stadium and go head to head with Leinster, a team that you know by la- like by the last four years, they're at least as good as, if not better. You know, obviously Leinster have kicked on a lot this year and Saracens have stalled. But am I missing something here with the, with the mad odds? Uh, well, you won't believe me, like, but I texted a few lads saying that I think Leinster could beat Saracens by 20 points. So, <laughs> <laughs> but that was, straight, that was straight after the game against Ulster. And as I said there earlier on, I think, you know, Saracens are too cute. They'll be kicking the ball an awful lot more um, and not playing into Leinster's hands. I feel that Farrell is a huge miss. Um, I think the odds could be, you know, slashed in half probably if if, if he was playing. Um, It almost feels that that Leinster owes Saracens one um, from last year from that fixture um, and yeah I have a good feeling about this game I think yeah, I'm not sure if Tag Furlong is fit uh, for, for this this match um, I'm not sure if you've heard anything on the no. on the underground have you no, no, not yet, no. Uh, so, but they've, they've got the guys here stepping up to the plate week in week out for them and um, I, I certainly feel that Leinster are are good for those nine points I know Saracen's got a crack and win there, a 40-odd point win against Exeter um, at the weekend. But it was an Exeter team that I think five or six of the lads were making their their, their debut in the Gallagher Premiership. They had no leadership on the pitch. You know, Gareth Steenton, who usually captains the second team, he wasn't even involved in the match day 23. So, yeah, for, for, for me, Lens are going to be fully loaded. Saracens are going to be fully loaded. And I think, you know, the, the really exciting thing here is that this is – we're going to – really see where Leinster are at. Yeah. You know, it's like the best team or second best team extra might have something to say about that in in the Gallagher Premiership going against, you know, undoubtedly the best team in the Pro 14. And it's going to be a real interesting battle, an exciting battle to see who comes out on top. And if uh, if Ulster come out on top, um, or sorry, Ulster, if Leinster come out on top, it'll be a real statement to say... Like we are unbeatable, um, and that'll be a, a massive statement going forward in the rest of the tournament as well. Yeah, hopefully we get uh, two, at least two, if not four, great quarterfinals over the weekend. Stephen, thanks very much for joining us. No bother, cheers, lads. <laughs>